On this episode of Star Wars Time Show, Matt's going solo as Nick's getting fat and drunk in Italy. So he's going to be talking all things Triple Force Friday. We're talking the Sir Dork, the Rebel Jawa at the live stream reveal. Where you can get fan events for Triple Friday. What to look for on Triple Friday. But that's not all. We got new lines to look at from Funko. We've got new shots for The Mandalorian. New shots for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. We know who's directing the Obi-Wan Kenobi Disney Plus series. We know Kevin Feige is joining Lucas Films. There's so much to talk about. So stick around because we're also going to do the top five. And by we, I mean the mouse I have in my pocket right now. Because we know Nick is out of country. Cue the music. Welcome back to a brand new primetime version of the Star Wars Time Show. That's right, you heard the guy correctly. I am without my co-pilot. My Chewbacca is gone. He's not gone for good. He's probably just getting drunk and chubby over in Italy enjoying, enjoying wine, cheese, food. You never know. He's not here, but I'm here. I'm dedicated to the SWT Nation to keep the show going. And why? Well, because there is a ton of stuff to talk about, as you heard from that sexy voiced announcer so you know without further ado let's get right into it who knows how this is going to go again i'm just riffing off of myself i do this a lot but those conversations get disturbing i don't like to share them with people especially in a public forum but we're going to do what we got to do right it's still star wars time there's always time for star wars time even when half of the show is out of country so let's get right into those topics that were teased at the start of the show here and of course a lot of Triple Force Friday stuff. So that reveal went down last week. Uh, we got a special surprise that our very own fan, Sir Dork, one of the goats, was in London for the reveal. <laughs> Excuse me. Sometimes when I say Sir Dork, I get excited and stuff starts coming out of my mouth. But he was there with uh, Rebel Jawa, another awesome toy photographer. So that was cool. Just wanted to mention that. And we, we're going to have a, a special episode coming up to cover the experience of being asked to be on a Triple Force Friday live stream reveal because guess what? That's right. One of the goats, one of the SWT goats, <laughs> is coming on the Star Wars Time Show for a special episode. We're doing a Sir Dirk Spotlight. Check that out. Should be coming out later this week or early next. But anyways, let's get into the figures that were revealed on Triple Force Friday. So a lot of these honestly weren't surprises. I mean, they've been leaking all over the place. If you're a collector, you pretty much knew most of these. But we did get some new figures shown during the Triple Force Friday live stream, such as Cara Dune. Uh, Black Series, you got the Janna Black Series, Jet Trooper Black Series, and a Purge Trooper Black Series. So those were mostly the new Black Series revealed, and and they're great. I mean, let's be real. At this point in time, what Hasbro is doing in terms of the digital face paint app, uh, applications, technology, whatever you want to call it with these figures... It's just it's going to be hard to justify spending 60, 70, 80, sometimes upwards of 100 to import the previously unbeatable in terms of, of face sculpt paint figures like figure arts, uh, Mezco, so on and so forth. So Hasbro really has outdone themselves with this new technology, and it shows in some of the new figures revealed during the TFF live stream, such as Kara, 
Janna, the Purge Trooper, the Jet Trooper, so on and so forth. All right, we also got looks at a brand new line that I don't think anyone knew was coming prior to TFF livestream, and those are new figures based on Star Wars Galaxy's Adventures. Again, if you're not a fan of Galaxy's Adventures on Star Wars Kids YouTube, it's fantastic. It's a very, it's like a hyper-stylized version of stories you've seen throughout the Skywalker Saga films and, you know, Solo, Rogue One, so on and so forth. Uh, so we're now getting a, a Chewie, a Finn, and a Rey, and a Kylo. I'm not going to lie, these look cool. I mean, they definitely have a, a toony style to them, anime style. Even Daisy said herself in the live stream that her ears are a little bit big on the ray. But if you're into more of the cartoony-looking Disney Infinity-style collectibles, these will be uh, right in your wheelhouse. Uh, of course, they wheeled out some new Funko Pops dedicated to... Jedi Fallen Order, The Mandalorian, and The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, you can check out some of these. I should have most of this imagery cooked into the YouTube version of the cast. It just depends on how lazy I'm going to get now that Nick's gone for two weeks. But you know what? I mean, coming from a former Funko freak, I just I know the the line is dead with me when I look at these new pops. Which which really, I mean, they look great for all three franchises, all three Star Wars franchises that TFF is dedicated to, but. I just can't do it anymore, my friends. I don't know. I mean, I just, I've lost the obsession. I don't feel the need to collect every Star Wars pop. I mean, it started probably a year or two ago when I cut out other lines, but I was committed to Star Wars, and now I can't even commit to buying the new Star Wars Funko Pops. But I will say that the Mandalorian pop in particular is pretty boss, as well as the second sister. So you never know. I may slip up and, and get some, but I doubt it. I think I've, I'm over that Funko Pop obsession. But I only replace it by more expensive uh, collectible lines like Hot Toys, Mezco, Figuarts. So go figure. We also got a, a few peeks at some of the new Lego sets dedicated to the TFF properties. Uh, most interesting here is uh, you get the Falcon set with some interesting little minifigures, characters. And the Y-Wing set has interesting characters. It, it may imply certain characters in the film are doing certain things with other characters so you know you can look at the box art and uh, make your assumptions based on that we got a shot of a badass looking chicken walker that's uh, coming in the mandalorian line this is going to be a three and three quarter inch scale uh, chicken walker but it's all styled up and painted funky it's i think it's like a marauder chicken walker but I, i'm digging it i uh, don't collect three and three quarter inch that much anymore but may have to snag this one just because of the paint job. I mean, it, it's it's hardcore. I, I kind of want to paint my truck like this now and maybe mount some ion cannons on it. You never know. could be legal. Who knows? Right? Second Amendment type of stuff. Uh, finally, and it, I'm just kind of covering some of the stuff that spoke to me. I mean, there's going to be other stuff coming out on TFF. I'm mainly dealing with the figures. Uh, but you're going to be able to get some uh, golden figures from Walmart. They'll be exclusive there. They look like... Uh, Little guys, three and three quarter inch, are just painted gold. And then finally, there's a Dio and BB-8. It looks like the meeting of the droids statue from Kotobukaya. So those are some of the figures to check out. Like I said, the imagery should be linked in the post that houses this podcast episode. And if I'm not feeling too lazy, I may throw up some of the images into the YouTube version of this podcast. All right, so other interesting things about Triple Force Friday. Um, 
apparently, and this this just came out this week, only a fraction, you could say a third if you want, of the collectibles dedicated to Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker have been revealed due to spoilers. So everything they showed off for TFF to get ready for Triple Force Friday, that's not it. We're not even close. You know, Mike Balag from Hasbro said that they've only shown off 30 to 35% of the planned Hasbro collectibles for Tross. And the reason is, is because of spoilers. They got to hold back on these until the movie comes out. So, I mean, that's exciting just to kind of guess what other figures we may get from Hasbro, either in the vintage or Black Series collections. I'm hoping for maybe a, a Dark Ray, definitely a Tross Palpatine, stuff like that. But I guess you kind of understand why these collectible makers aren't putting out all of them because they would essentially be spoiling moments from the movie. Uh, and that was backed up by Lucasfilm VP of Licensing Paul Southern, who all, also chimed in that pretty much all collectible lines, not just Hasbro, we were talking you know, Funko, Lego, so on and so forth, have held, held back quite a bit of their Tross collectibles, figures, whatever, due to spoilers. So if you thought Triple Force Friday was going to get expensive for you, don't worry. The pain is not over yet. You will be spending plenty more money on Tross collectibles after the film releases. All right, moving on. We're not done with Force Friday yet, my friends. I know things are going a little bit quicker than usual, but that's because I don't have Nick on here going on his long-winded tangents. I'm just kidding. I'm the guy that usually causes all the tangents and, and dumb talks, but we're still being efficient because I don't have Nick to bounce my stupidity off of. All right, so like I said, sticking with Triple Force Friday, uh, StarWars.com put out the list of official fan events for Triple Force Friday, and quite frankly, unless you live around a major Disney park or a major Disney store, you're pretty much going to be shit out of luck in terms of getting in on any uh, midnight launch festivities for Triple Force Friday, which again kicks off October 4th, so just think midnight on the 4th, you could start going out and having fun with other Star Wars fans and collectors, but... Unlike years past, there, there's really nothing going on. I mean, some of the biggest stuff is happening at the Disney Store and Disney Springs locations at uh, Orlando and Anaheim or the massive Disney Store in Times Square in New York City. All these are going to have fun events, but like I said, if you're not around them, then hey, screw you. Amazon's doing something stupid like a treasure truck. You can sign up or to look and see if the treasure truck alerts will be in your area. They're going to do a, a Twitch stream. But again, nothing special. Uh, Fred Meyer stores are doing stuff. So I guess if you live in Oregon, you can do something. Like I said, this is very limited based on where you live. Simon Malls, don't even know what the fuck a Simon Mall is. But it looks like they're in Texas and California. Some in Illinois, one in New York. But they're going to be doing a Triple Force Friday event as well. Target, this one surprised me. It doesn't look like they're going to be doing any midnight launches for Triple Force Friday, which is odd considering they've done it in the past. Apparently, 25 Target stores will be opening their Disney stores within Target, so those might get a, a midnight opening, but no details were provided. So like I said, not much going on. I mean, I, I blame a lot of this on the fact that Toys R Us is just gone here in America. They will be doing stuff in Canada, but if you're in the States, nothing. I mean, it's really, it comes down to if you want to go out and try to get some figures in hand 
from the street out in the wild, it looks like you're going to be left to the graces of Walmart. Yes. And we all know that is a perilous path to go down because depending on where you live and for the most part, Walmart toy sections below, I'm talking below, like below goats level. I ran my uh, area code through the checker to see if any of my Walmart stores would be doing a midnight launch, and it only pulled up one, and I live in a pretty decent-sized metropolitan area of Columbus, Ohio. I mean, yeah, I know, Ohio's pretty lame, but Columbus, decent-sized city, you'd think you'd get more than one store within a five-mile radius doing something for Triple Force Friday at midnight, so... I was kind of bummed. I'm also kind of relieved because now I don't feel like I'm going to experience that much FOMO if I don't decide to go out at midnight and try to hunt down some of the TFF early releases. And there's a little movie called Joker coming out Thursday night. I may just want to dedicate my time to that. So, But I wanted to update you still on what may be happening near you for a Triple Force Friday fan event. Okay, so moving on. This isn't really Triple Force Friday related, although we did get some new product images, glamour shots, if you will, from SH Figure Arts for its Rise of Skywalker action figures. Um, so these will be available in November. And like I said earlier, these are the type of figures you always expect to pay well over 60 bucks, especially if in your states and you can't get a cheap import. I mean, sometimes these can range up to $100. Uh, but they will be making three action figures from Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. And you're going to get Rey, you're going to get Kylo, and you're going to get the Sith Trooper. And as to be expected, I mean, the, the sculpts look great. These are little pieces of art. There's no doubt about it. But the point I was making earlier is that you know Hasbro is really caught up, especially in the uh, digital face technology to where you know, they rival what these damn near $100 figures look like after you get one shipped. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I still love SH Figure Arts. Good chance I'm still going to at least get the Ray and Kylo. And probably the Trooper, just because their Troopers always have, in my opinion, better joint systems than Hasbro. Um, but I don't know. It, it, it's tough here. The one thing I will say I do appreciate, and I can't say this about the Ray figure because she's got a rubber hood, but it looks like the Kylo is going to come with a soft goods cloak. And, and that's huge. I mean, that is huge for SH Figure Arts because they hardly ever do soft goods. They almost always go rubber or plastic. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, they, they look great. They definitely are little pieces of art. It just comes down to, can you justify these high-end Star Wars figures now when you're essentially getting the same face quality in $20 Black Series figures? I don't know. That's up for you to decide. For me, I'm an asshole. I'll probably still spend all the money and get a Kylo Black Series and a Kylo Figure Arts because you know you need it. You can't leave the other Kylos alone in their respective lines in your glass cases. Right? TLJ Figure Arts Kylo needs his Tross Figure Arts Kylo to be friends. See? I'm nuts. I've been trying to tell you people I'm freaking nuts. But I think most of you, especially you toy photographers and collectors, you know what I'm talking about. So I'm not that crazy. We're all crazy. We're one just big, loony tune. All right, sticking with new product announces, Funko also, outside announcing their TFF early release pops, but they announced a new Target exclusive line called Star Wars Futura line. 
And uh, we got some glamour shots of what this line's going to be all about. So this is from Futura Laboratories in partnership with Target. Looks like you're going to get some 10-inch super-size pops that are, are styled. They kind of have painting on them. I don't know, kind of neat. Much more artistic in nature than just a Funko Pop. But there's also going to be clothing and accessories that kind of have these loud stylistic designs. Uh, so this will be exclusive to Target. All right. Um, if you still like Funko, we also they, they put out a new short for the Rise of Skywalker. I, I will admit, while I don't necessarily like collecting pops anymore, I do still contend the animated Funko shorts, much like Lego animated shorts, are fantastic mediums for telling stories. And I'd still like a, a full-on motion picture length animated Funko Pop film or, you know, games kind of like Lego Star Wars, something like that. But, hey, might as well give Funko a plug because that's really what got me into the whole toy photography thing, Star Wars toy photography in the first place. All right, moving on. In addition to all the new collectibles that people were just kind of vomiting up on the internet last week for TFF, we also got some new looks at some of the new posters and you know some of the shit you could buy from the Walmart poster rack, you know, kind of the wonky-looking posters. But there were good ones, too. In particular, we got some cool looks at the new issue of Empire, which is going to be uh, graced by either Ray or Kylo on the cover, or if you're a subscriber, you can get the exclusive stylized shot of Ray and Kylo. Those look great. I'll try to link to that stuff for you to see, just in case you missed it. Uh, but like I said, we also got a gallery, some posters, the kind you typically find at Walmart. You know, little kids may hang them up, but outside of that, they're probably not going to get many adults excited. There's also this uh, Rise of Skywalker double poster. You know, Nick and I talked about the bad guy half, the Kylo starring half on the last week's cast. And now we get the Ray good guy half, and it, it kind of fleshes them all together. But if you look at the shot, I mean, you can still, clear, you can still clearly see the odds are greatly stacked against Ray and the Resistance when it comes to just the sheer power and might of what Kylo has behind him with the First Order War Machine. You know, I'd love to say the good guys are fucked, but we all know how Hollywood goes and how most stories go and how most Skywalker Saga stories go. The good guys are going to win. Spoiler alert. Okay, moving on. What do we got? Nah, we're, we're done with all the Force Friday stuff, but like I said, if you like talking Force Friday and you want to know what it's like for a fan to get flown out and participate in a Force Friday reveal live stream on stage with Warwick and Junis... And all this other awesomeness, stay tuned because I think we're going to have Sir Dork himself, Jared Middleton, on the show to discuss just that. All right, so transitioning into the next topic, we got a new trailer for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. This was all part of the Triple Force Friday festivities last week. And the trailer was solely dedicated to showing what Cal's mission is all about. And when it comes down to it, outside of staying alive... After being hunted down by the Empire and its Inquisitors, in particular Second Sister, is he's, he's searching for something that the Empire does not want him to find. And I, I don't know, I, I've been sitting here trying to speculate on what that could be. What's he looking for? Is it a holocron? Is it a wayfinder? Is it something the Emperor misplaced or hid? Is it something Anakin hid or the Jedi hid? Who knows? But that's going to be kind of the crux of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Cal's mission to find this device, object, whatever that he believes 
will help turn the tide in the fight against Empire. The trailer itself, I mean, it was a good mix of what the cutscenes are going to look like as well as the gameplay and how the cutscenes transition dynamically right into gameplay so you're never really going to have massive camera cuts that signify, okay, a cutscene has ended and now gameplay is going to start. Everything just kindly, kind of seamlessly flows together and it looks fantastic. My only concern is if Respawn got a little too cute, went a little too Soulsborne-ish, and they're going to make the combat a pain in the ass. I mean, I'm all about being challenged, and I'm not saying I just want a, a mindless button masher that I could do with my eyes closed, but I'm also not a fan of getting my ass kicked by standard baddies during the freaking tutorial, like some of the Souls games can. So hopefully there's a good balance between skills, strategy, and fun in Fallen Order, and it's not just an exercise in how many times can you replay this certain section of a level before you want to stab your eyes out with a lightsaber, right? Feel me on that one? All right, I might be a pussy. Who cares? I just want to game and have fun, especially when it comes to Star Wars, because I just want the story. The game is secondary to me. Okay, Moving on to the next topic here. These are horrible segues, but that's what happens when you're riffing on this stuff by yourself. It's so sad and lonely. Nick. Nick. Can you hear me? Father. All right, sorry. Spacing out. Trying to use the force to call Nick there, but... Uh, so those of you, if you're fans of Star Wars Resistance like Nick and I are, I'm, I'm actually a pretty big fan. I, I really enjoyed this first season and can't wait to see what happens in the second season. So I'm happy about this because Star Wars Resistance returns this upcoming weekend. That's right. On October 8th, you're going to get the first episode of the second season. I'm sorry, on October 6th. My bad. Sunday, October 6th, we will get the first episode of Star Wars Resistance Season 2. A new clip has been released to tease it, and the name of the episode is going to be Into the Unknown. And it's literally going to pick up right at the end of Star Wars Resistance Season 1, so if you're still planning on watching that, spoiler, 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 alert, alert, wee-oo-wee-oo-wee-oo-wee, okay, enough of that shit. Anyways, so we know at the end of the Star Wars Resistance Season 1, Kaz and the crew of the Colossus, they've, they've uprooted the ship from its ocean home. They're out in space now, and they're on the run from the First Order while trying to find the Resistance base on Dakar. Uh, so in the clip, we realize that the good guys are having issues piloting the Colossus because some engineering mishaps keep taking place. And they speculate that there may be a stowaway causing such issues. And that stowaway just may happen to be a little black ball droid that was heavily involved in the finale, or maybe the last two episodes of Star Wars Resistance Season 1. So, if you like the show, make sure to tune in this weekend. It also means we're going to fire up our video series for Star Wars Resistance, so you can expect on Mondays after new episodes to get an Easter egg breakdown video of the episode, as well as a recap and review of the episode's events. So, make sure, if you're not already, if you like Resistance, or if you just like us, me in particular, doing my video breakdowns for Resistance, hunting down Easter eggs, Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, which you can do on StarWarsTime.net. 
Okay, we got some news on the Obi-Wan Kenobi Disney Plus streaming series. It wasn't a ton of news. We really don't know when it's going to debut, what the story's going to be about, but we do know now who is directing the series, and it's going to be Deborah Chow, who worked on The Mandalorian. She directed an episode of that series, and she has uh, other great credits. So, I mean, uh, we got a, cat, a, a statement from Kathleen Kennedy on the hiring. Kathleen said, We really wanted to select a director who's able to explore both the quiet determination and rich mystique of Obi-Wan in a way that folds seamlessly into the Star Wars saga. Based on her phenomenal work developing our characters in The Mandalorian, I'm absolutely confident Deborah is the right director to tell this story. So, take that for what you will. I know some of you think Kathleen Kennedy is the white devil. Who knows? I don't have that many issues with her. I kind of like Disney Star Wars. Sure, it's not perfect, but hey, we're getting Star Wars when we probably weren't going to get much of it after George more or less put it to bed post-Revenge of the Sith. So I'm all about it. I, I don't know much about Deborah. I know, again, her hiring might get some of you itchy because you don't like th this this movement into more females or people of color getting shots like this, let's give her a chance. Let's see how it is. I mean, if she did great on The Mandalorian, we can only expect she's going to do awesome on Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, we also learned that, that Chow will be joined by Hossein Amini, who will write the show. Uh, he has credits from other popular TV shows. Um, and they'll all be joined by Exeter producers Ewan McGregor himself, Kathleen Kennedy, Tracy Seward and John Swartz, and then Jason McGatlin will be uh, Lucasfilm's executive vice president on production. He will be a co-producer. So that's really all the details we got on the live-action Obi-Wan Kenobi streaming series for Disney+. Plus. Deborah Cho directing, Hossein Amini writing, with um, EP credits going to Ewan, Kathleen, Tracy, and John, and then a co-producer credit going to Jason McGatlin. So I, I would still speculate that this series is probably going to be a 2021 launch. I believe the Cassian series will probably get a fall 2020 launch, and then Kenobi would be 2021 after that. So stick that in your pipe and smoke it, you Disney Plus fanboys. Speaking of Disney Plus stuff, there you go. That is a legit segue. Speaking of Disney Plus, we got a new look at the Mandalorian, in particular the Mandalorian's Razor Crest cockpit. That's right. IGN shared an exclusive image of the Mandalorian, which I might add, he's in... He's in different armor. It's either cleaner armor or new armor. Maybe he buffed his armor after a battle, but it, it's definitely different than what you've been seeing him in in terms of the trailers and special looks we've gotten for the Mando so far. But this shot in particular is just of him sitting in the cockpit of the Razor Crest, which is his ship. And why it's interesting is because you can look around. Everything in the cockpit is practical. I mean, the whole damn ship is practical. Um... It was built by ILM model maker John Goodson, literally using old-school filming techniques mashed with cutting-edge 3D printing and LEDs. Um, and then John Knoll, who you should know him, he worked on the, on the originals, he crafted a special motion control rig in his garage of all places so the model could be used for composite shots. Uh, and then obviously the cockpit is all practical. Who knows if they built a full ship to get shots indoors. But it sounds like many of the sets are uh, supposed to be the interior of the Razor Crest. So, I, I mean, I love it. I, I love the 
practical approach to the effects and the cinematography in The Mandalorian, uh, I think it's just going to make the show feel fantastic and, and super authentic and very Star Wars correct. Uh, so if you want to check that image out, make sure to do so in the post body of this podcast. Or, like I said, if you're good, it may even be in the video version of the YouTube version of this episode. All right, so kind of getting into some of the big-time news that dropped in between uh, now and the last time Nick and I fired up the mics. And this is a huge one. This should, I would think, get everyone in Star Wars Nation excited And that is the fact that Kevin Feige, yes, that Kevin Feige, Mr. MCU, has been hired by Lucasfilm to work on at least one Star Wars project. That's right. This was revealed last week, and it was confirmed by Lucasfilm Brass. The father of the MCU is bringing his talents to Star Wars. I mean, that that really, I mean, that's just, that's just great news for Star Wars fans, Disney, Star Wars, everything. Uh, So here's a quote here, and this comes from Alan Horn, who's Lucasfilm's uh, president, I believe. With the close of the Skywalker saga, Kathy is pursuing a new era in Star Wars storytelling. And knowing what a diehard fan Kevin is, it made sense for these two extraordinary producers to work on a Star Wars film together. So, I mean, that that confirms that Feige's definitely coming into Lucasfilm, and he's definitely getting mixed up with Star Wars. What it doesn't confirm is exactly what is he doing. Is he working on a movie? Is he working on animated stuff? Is he working on serialized Disney Plus live action content? Is he even directing any of it or is he just going to produce? So there's a lot left to be learned about this new marriage, but I I think it's fantastic. Uh, I mean, is is Feige going to roll out his MCU formula to Star Wars? Who knows? Uh, more than likely not an identical formula because we've already heard from Bobby I, Iger here. Not a huge fan of him anymore. But, I mean, he pretty much said, hey, you know, we did too much, too fast. Now we're going to space it out. And they're literally going to be doing, you know, we got a three-year break from Tross in the next movie. And I believe it's going to be two-year breaks after that. And where you know with the MCU formula, we're talking two to three movies a year with stingers at time altogether. So what would I'd like to see from his formula make it to Star Wars? The stingers, the post-credit stuff, I think that'd be fantastic. It clearly works at setting up massive world-building narratives between, you know, 30 different films, some standalone character films, some ensemble films, but he somehow made them all magically feel as one in the culmination movies of Infinity War and Endgame. So uh, Feige coming to Star Wars and Lucasfilm, it's like, come on, that's as good as it gets. Now I know he's scaring a few of you nuts out there that he might bring Brie Larson with him, but hey, just chill out. Give the guy a fucking chance. Let's see what he's going to do. Let's see who's going to cast, what, what projects he's running with. I mean, I know Chris Evans threw his hat in too. It'd be great to see any of the MCU people show up in Star Wars because in the end... It's just going to make the franchise better. So I'm a big fan of this. Can't wait to see where it goes. Can't wait to see the extent of his partnership with Lucasfilm. Is it just a project or multiple projects or years worth of projects? Only time will tell, but I'm pretty sure this is going to be a pretty badass marriage of Feige's talents that we've seen him use in the MCU world building and, of course, just the amazing majesticness of the Star Wars franchise. All right, so getting into some Rise of Skywalker stuff, 
Uh, we got some new stills, one of Kylo and one of the Knights of Ren. Plus, J.J. Uh, laid down a choice quote that some of you TLJ haters may like to chew on, stew on, maybe get angry about, or shitpost on. Uh, but anyways, this is all courtesy of Empire. Like I said earlier, the uh, most recent issue of Empire is going to be dedicated to Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. You're, you got the cover art, you got these stills in here, and you're going to get some articles. So the still here is is pretty dope. You get a great close-up shot of the Knights of Ren, and just based on the way they're looking in the atmosphere, I'm assuming this this scene comes from uh, a trailer scene that we've seen where Kylo's having his helmet reforged. It just looks like all his bros are kind of lined up with him, like, yeah, bro, fix your helmet, bro. Look at our helmets, bro. We modeled them after you, bro, so you need your helmet, bro. Kylo, bro, yo. Not to be confu confused with YOLO. Anyways, it's a great shot. I, I just, to me, the Knights of Ren are probably some of the most exciting tidbits of the rise of skywalker i just want to see them i want to see them do more than just stand there and look badass in the rain i want to see them fight where their skills do they wield the force in any way are they completely subservient to kylo slash ben solo uh i don't know and this shot just looks dope i mean i want a knight of ren costume i am a knight of ren right we speak your name we speak your name, Knights of Ren. Even though we don't know all your name, but according to Pablo Hidalgo, each one does have a name. They just haven't released them yet and all the um, product marketing and shit for the toys you've probably seen. Anyways, the other shot we got here is of Kylo, and he's definitely on, it looks like a First Order Star Destroyer kind of docking bay. And based on what's going on, I'm assuming an attack's taking place, and it looks like the docking bay door may be may be breached, which means everyone's getting sucked out airlocks, and Kylo's kind of bracing. He almost looks like he's about to dribble basketball and make a layup. All right, so in addition to the imagery, we got some choice quotes from both J.J. Abrams and Chris Terrio. Uh, I'll start with Abrams, who kind of commented on TLJ and, and really how it affected his vision for Tross. So here's what he said. I never found myself trying to repair anything. So he's talking about what Ryan did narratively in uh, The Last Jedi. If I had done eight, I would have done things differently, just as Ryan would have done things differently if he had done seven. But having worked on television series, I was accustomed to creating stories and characters that were run by other people. If you're willing to walk away from the thing that you created and you believe it's in trustworthy hands, you have to accept that some of the decisions being made are not going to be the same that you would make. And if you come back into it, you have to honor what's been done. All right, so there's a lot to unpack there. I mean, the trolls will instantly go to, yeah, he's full of shit, he's just saying the nice things, Ryan's an asshole, TLJ's a piece of shit. But I, I'm going to take JJ at his words here because in the end, he is an artist. And artists by nature are usually kind of nice people. They're not really dicks. Um, so I, I, I agree with him. I don't think he's trying to necessarily fix stuff Ryan did, but he may take things in a different direction based on his own vision. And I believe him 100%. If he did eight, he would have made it much differently than Ryan and vice versa if Ryan did the first movie. So what J.J. Is, is saying here is like, listen, people, 
we're all humans, we're all artists in the end, we all have different ideas on where to take this, these shared characters and the shared universe at this point. Um, so get over it. I'm doing the best I can in Nine to make the movie that I think is going to put the best end cap on damn near you know 45 years of Skywalker Saga storytelling. And that, as fans, that's all we can ask for. So I, I liked hearing that from J.J. Uh, because, it, you know, it, it kind of addresses the TLJ fallout without being a dick about it and, and just kind of saying, listen, hey, in the end, we're all artists. We all respect each other. I may not agree with everything. He may not agree with everything. But in the end, I think we're going to get the best possible vision out for Tross. And that's great. All right, so Chris Terrio, what he had to say, now he's one of the writers with J.J., and he was talking about the relationship between Ray and Kylo and how it's going to unfold in Tross. So Terrio said, We've tried to pick up on that complicated relationship that really has been present ever since the interrogation in Episode 7. When Ren takes off his mask, there's a nakedness about him with Ray that he doesn't express to anyone else. Ryan developed that in fascinating ways, and we've been able to develop it even further. So there you go. I mean, if anything, you have to at least agree that what Ryan did with Ben and Ray was was pretty great. I mean, those scenes between those two, some of the best dialogue in the movie, some of the best narrative aspects of the film. Um, and it, it, they do have a wonky relationship. You know, are they related? Are they related through the Force? Do their families share similar histories? Who knows? We should find all that out in Tross. But one thing's for sure, and that's that these two, Ray on the light, Ben on the dark, are definitely intertwined and have been since day one in The Force Awakens. So naturally, we're going to see the culmination of their bond, their, their weird bond, which could become a close bond by the end of Tross when the movie rolls out in December. All right, so uh, sticking with the Tross news, and this is fresh. I just got this today as I went to record, but it looks like the second trailer for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker will debut in theaters with Maleficent 2. So that makes sense, Maleficent 2, Disney product. It's uh, dropping on October 18, so if you want to catch the new trailer in theaters, you should be able to see it starting on October 17th, which is typically early release night for Friday releasing movies. But here's the deal. If you don't want to go to theater, if you don't want to go watch Maleficent 2, which I probably don't blame you, uh, there's a good chance that this trailer will be releasing during Monday Night Football that week, so on October 14th at night. I would uh, strap in for some football and get ready for some football because there's a great chance, as Disney has done in the past, that they're going to drop the trailer during Monday Night Football, which airs on ESPN, which is owned by Disney. So you hear, you heard it here, peeper. Peepers. Peeper, deeper. Where'd you get those peepers? Jeepers, creepers. Where'd you get those peepers? Sorry, I had to save that with something. A little shitty song. Uh, but no, like I said, if you want to watch it in theaters, it sounds like it should be attached to Maleficent on uh, starting October 17th, October 18th. Uh, I can't wait. I mean, this is going to be what's usually considered the full-length trailer. You should get a lot more hints at what the story's going to be about. You should get a lot more shots than were shown in the teaser in April and again in the D23 special look in August. Uh, so this should be the meatiest trailer yet that we see for Tross. And you know for sure, you know, you can bet your ass that yours truly is going to break that trailer down, 
shot by shot, release some stills, and kind of speculate on what we see and how it may relate to some of the leaks we've heard from you know, Jedi Paxis, MSW, all that fun stuff. So keep those browsers tuned to StarWarsTime.net moving forward as we get closer to Tross because it's only going to get more action-packed with content dedicated to all things The Rise of Skywalker. Rise, young Skywalker! All right, well, again, moving right along. I mean, I, I have a feeling if Nick was on me, uh, with me for this cast, this would probably be close to a two-hour cast because I think we had, or I had around 15, 16 topics to get into. So far, we're about 40 minutes. Hopefully, you're not tired of just hearing me talk. And yes, I have not taken a break, haven't taken a drink yet, barely have taken a breath. That's why I may sound like the micro-machine at this point in time, but it is what it is when you're doing Star Wars time solo. Do-do-do-do. But anyways, it's time to make our way towards the end of this cast, and that means because it is a prime-time version of the Star Wars Time Show. It's time for the Top 5 Instagram Star Wars Fan Artist Features of the Week segment. This week's a little different. Not only did I line them up, but I also knocked them down because, like I said, Nick is drunk and happy over in Italy. He doesn't even know Star Wars exists anymore at this point, so... I shared the shots on our Star Wars Time Show Instagram account, and then I sat down on Monday and picked my five favorite. So it's kind of cheating, but it is what it is. So we're going to get into the feature right now. All right, so up first is probably one of my personal favorite artists out there and a great guy, and that is at work more or less. So work more or less, all one word on Instagram. And, and he's rolled out a shot of the new hyperreal Darth Vader, uh, portraying him in the Bespin carbon freezing chamber, and it is perfect. Perfect. You can call it clean, you can call it crispy, you can call it whatever you want. It is a perfect recreation of Vader standing over the chamber, looking down, and saying, put him in. I mean, the, the lighting is spot on, as Jason is known for. I mean, he's captain of the Philips Hue lighting system. Uh, I've taken many of his helpful tips and incorporated into my own photography. I don't quite have the skills he does, but I try. He is a master. I am an apprentice. I try. Uh, but, I mean, everything here, just the background composition, this is one of his digiramas, so the only real stuff in here is Vader, the figures behind him, and then the metal base plate. The steps you see behind that, that's all digital. That's just an image probably right from Empire on his movie screen. Then, of course, it looks like he's got some atmosphere aerosol in here to complement the, the atmosphere. Uh, Jason's been putting out fantastic shots of Hyper Real Vader since he got him early from Hasbro because he is a Hasbro pimp, a.k.a. an influencer. So you got to go check out his page, at work more or less, on Instagram. Scroll through, check out some of his other excellent shots of the Hyper Real Vader. This one just happened to be my personal favorite, so... Kudos, Jason. Keep up the great work. We love you. All right, moving on. I believe this is a brand new feature or a brand new artist to make it to on the top five and to be featured on Star Wars Time Show. And this is Keytographer. Keytographer spelled K-E-I-T-O-Y-G-R-A-P-H-E-R. So Keytographer, something like that. But, um... What I liked in this shot, I mean, one of the original reasons I shared is just because of how crisp and clean it is. 
This is the epitome of a crisp and clean shot. There's no bullshit here. It's just the subjects and lighting. And I love that. I mean, yeah, there's some post-processing tweaks for R2's lights and, and BB-8's lights because we're looking at a shot of R2 with a little BB-8 all timid and cautious behind him peeking out like, is it okay, big boy? Is it okay to come out, R2? You know, kind of like he's the little brother to R2's bigger bucket head. Uh, but like I said, what, what I like here is just how clean it was. Uh, you just have a nice kind of cone light coming down to light these subjects. There's some smoke effect in there. I'm not sure if that's practical or if that's atmosphere aerosol. Either way, it still looks great. Uh, and just the very basic pose. I mean, it just makes a charming shot all around. It's very eye-catching, very pleasing, and it's, it's, it's a serene-looking shot. It just feels peaceful, but at the same time, as I've said before, you know you make a good toy shot when you can feel the emotions coming out of the image. And considering we're looking at two droids that shouldn't have emotions, that makes this shot even more impressive. Uh, so great work here. Again, this is from Key Toygrapher. It's K-E-I-T-O-Y-G-R-A-P-H-E-R. Check them out. It's got some other great stuff here. This seems to be the preferred style of the artist, where it's just simple black backgrounds with the focus on posing and lighting. And to me, that's what I like, because setting up action shots sometimes just a pain in the ass. Sometimes the creative mind doesn't work. Sometimes the little figure assholes don't want to bend their joints the way you need them to bend, and then you get angry, and then you want to catch them on fire, rip their legs off, or do something horrible with them. But when we do the portraits, just nice and easy line them up, here we go, take some pics, looking good. So check them out, Keytographer on Instagram. Up next, we've got an amazing, an amazing and crispy and green and luscious looking shot from Morpheus Visions. And his shot is of Yoda, in particular Grandmaster Yoda. It looks like, I believe, the new Hot Toys Yoda of prequel, Hot, Hot Toys version of prequel Yoda. Which I'm not going to lie, it blows the Hobo Yoda, which is our affectionate term for original trilogy Yoda, out of the pond in terms of the 1-6 the version of this character. It's just the face sculpt is so much better, uh, the hair's better, he just looks more alive. Where the Hobo Yoda literally looks like a Hobo Yoda. I mean, a Hobo Yoda that has fallen on the hard times, I'm talking possibly sucking dick for coke, that type of shit. But this shot, especially courtesy of Morpheus Visions, is just magic. Uh, I love the green hue he added to replicate the reflection of Yoda's lightsaber. Uh, but really, w what stands out the most to me is, is the face and how he highlighted that. And he may have even dodged some of the color on the face to make it pop more, but even put the reflections of the lightsaber in Yoda's eyes it, this, to me, is just the epitome of a perfect Star Wars character portrait. Um, it's beautiful. I mean, it, it's such a good shot, it makes me want to spend 160 or whatever dollars it is to get this Hot Toys Yoda figure. When I told myself I wasn't going to get him because I already had one 1-6 one scale Yoda. But when we look at this guy, thanks to Morpheus Vision's shot, and you compare it to Hobo Yoda 1-6, they're not even in the same galaxy, my friends. I mean, one is literally unknown region shit. The other one's prime time, inner core, Coruscant level Yoda pimp. 
So, fantastic shot from Morpheus Visions. It's at Morpheus Visions on Instagram. M-O-R-P-H-E-U-S-V-I-S-I-O-N-S. Boom. Check them out. GMY has never looked better. All right, up next. If you uh, tuned into the top of the show when I was talking about the awesome surprise uh, at Triple Force Friday where two toy photographers were featured on the live stream. One was Sir Dork, who hopefully is joining the show to talk about that experience. But the other was Rebel Jawa, and we actually have a Rebel Rebel Jawa shot to feature during this top five. I believe this is his first feature, probably not going to be his last, you know, because Dan takes some fantastic shots, uses practical effects, and he's also really good with the Photoshop action. Uh, so his shot here, it's with the brand new Tross Ray and Kylo, which you can't even get yet unless you're a Mac Daddy like Rebel Jawa or Sir Dork. Uh, but they got to shoot the figures when they were out doing their um, kind of segment for the TFF live stream. And the shot in particular I'm talking about of Rebel Jawa is it features Ray in her Tross outfit staring down Kylo in his Tross gear. And it's just—it's basically the the preamble to a duel between these two, uh, kind of a wild west feel to it. You know, Ray's kind of sitting there. I can hear the music like, like that. You know, that wild west twangy thing. Like, who's gonna shoot first? Who's gonna draw? Who's gonna pull the trigger? Uh, so I, I kind of like the force perspective. Rebel Jawa incorporating this shot where. You know, we're really looking at Ray in the back, but you know, we can see Kylo blurred out in the distance. And you can just tell that these two figures don't like each other, and they're ready to throw down. Uh, plus, like I said, Dan's almost always practical, so uh, it looks like he's using maybe some red smoke, red smoke bomb. Uh, the blue lighting on the ground, not sure if that is post-effect, could be uh, practical. Uh, it just gives the shot an all-around great feel. Uh, it feels like an actual shot of Ray and Kylo, and that's why it's on the top five. So, a uh, big fan of Rebel Jawa. He has other shots he did during the TFF shoot, so you can check those out on his account on Instagram, at Rebel, R-E-B-E-L. If you don't know how to spell that, shame on you. How are you even listening to this? And then underscore Jawa, J-A-W-A. Kind of like Wawa, but with a J. All right, last but not least, and this may be one of my all-time personal favorite shots, and it's a shot of the new Mandalorian Black Series figure, the six-inch guy, and it's from Roddy81, and I believe this could also be Roddy81's first ever top five appearance, so congrats, Roddy, but this shot is bad ass. I believe this is a carbonized version of the Mandalorian figure, which means some parts of it actually, I believe, have little metal pieces maybe the helmet shoulder pauldrons <coughs> sorry about that roddy i think i have a mandalorian stuck in my throat all right back to real life uh, it's just a great shot i mean it's a close-up you could probably call it a portrait nice haze effect going on here wonderful natural lighting i mean i got out this weekend i can't express how much i love shooting outdoors and trying to work with the natural light instead of using lights. I mean, I, I like using everything. I mean, it's always good to have uh, standard lights like a loom cube or something, as well as natural lighting when you're outdoors. But to me, outdoor photography is at its purest form in terms of photography, especially with the toy stuff. 
But right, you know, he's got a great, looks like a Dio piece here. And it just the shot evokes an emotion of, you know, maybe the Mandalorian just got done with it with a bounty or maybe he's getting ready to deal with a bounty because he has this look. And I say look and it's an odd term to use considering you can't see the dude's face because he's in a fucking helmet. But because of Roddy's pose in this shot, I feel like the Mandalorian has a heavy emotional burden on his shoulders right now. Like he is contemplating doing something pretty heavy or he just did something pretty heavy. Uh, so as I always say, when you can get these little pieces of plastic to convey real-life emotions, especially in this case where we, we can't even see the character's freaking face, you've done your job. So Roddy, excellent work. Two thumbs up. Fantastic shot. I'm jealous you already got this figure. Hope I can get my hands on some without having to stab people at a TFF fan event or to get gouged online if they sell out quickly because we all know toy makers don't like making money. They like people on the black market and with fucking shopping cart bots. They want them to make all the money, right? Because, you know, Hasbro, they, they get all that money on eBay, right? When some asshole sells a figure for $1,000 when it costs 20 I, I still don't understand that. Hasbro, just make enough fucking figures for everyone to collect. Please figure that shit out. Please tire the black market bullshit. Come on. I mean, it's just taking money out of your coffers. If you make enough product... Uh, of the hot stuff or at least maybe wait and if, if, if a figure sells out really quickly maybe like hey you know what maybe we should release some more stock to the wild so you don't have these dumb fucks loading up you know checkout cart bots and buying all the stock and then throwing on ebay for 500 percent markup fuck i told you i wasn't gonna go down a tangent because i'm by myself but I broke my promise. Things happen. I blame it on Roddy81 and his awesome picture of the Mandalorian Black Series figure, which rounds out our top five dis discussion for this week. And it brings us to an end of this cast. And it was a solo cast. So hopefully, uh, like I said, you almost had to listen to just me for almost an hour straight. You may feel like one of my students who've gone through a long lecture of mine. I don't know. Hopefully you still got what you need to get from the Star Wars time team because even though Nick's gone and getting drunk and probably a little chubby on some food, I didn't want to leave you hanging. We still had to do the top five and there was so much Star Wars news to cover. I couldn't just let it wait for two weeks for Nick to get his ass back in the States. So it is what it is. But you know at this time of the show, it's time for you to help us out. Get over to StarWarsTime.net, bookmark that site, put it to your favorites, and hit the subscribe to podcast link if you're not already subscribed to the show, because there you can find any platform for your podcasting needs. We'll be on there, sub it up, and once you're there, if you wouldn't mind, and this, please, this is a legit plea, try to like, try to comment, try to rate or review, and pass it on. I can't tell you how much that helps us organically when people are searching for awesome Star Wars podcasts, this, that, and the other thing. Sound good? We create some content for you all every week. How about you help us out with some of those clicky clickies, all right? I'm not talking clickbait shit. We try to stay away from that most of the time. We're no Mike Zero, if you will. If you like YouTube, though, we have one of those as well. And if you want us to put Mike Zero type of content, we can do it. I mean, I, I can pull shit out of my ass all day, every day when it comes to Star Wars. But we, we try to keep things on the up and up. It's fairly legit. Speculate on rumors that are more likely true instead of pulling stuff out of our Sarlacc pits. So you can do the YouTube thing, too, on StarWarsTime.net. Sub yourself up. Share it with a friend. 
flick the little thumbs up. It keeps us going. All right, my friends, remember, if you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, even with just one host, the Force will be with you, always. (laughs) 